My knees hurt. I have to sit down. It hurts when I stand for too long. I don't like going to the mall anymore because it hurts to walk. My doctor says I need surgery. But my mom says I'm already 32 and it's not worth it. Is there anything inherently satanic about surgery, about um, implants, biotech, body modification, things like this? Uh, there just might be, yeah. Let's say we wanted to invert uh, the Christ, right? Jesus. How do we invert him? He hearkened to this new age, the, uh, the age of Pisces, where divinity was something that was in humans, as opposed to the age before that, the uh, Taurus, you know, the fierce bull, the Zeus and Baal, gods like this, oppressive pantheons of sky gods looking down at you, hurling storms and thunderbolts and everything. All you can really do is appease them. You can be godlike, but you're never you don't have that divinity in you. You're you're separate from it. With Jesus, we have this new tradition of godhood within man, right? That all people have this divine aspiration. And just the very notion of having an omnipotent, uh, omnipresent, omniscient God who is can see you at all times and convene with you even in your heart. I mean, that, that just by itself endows people with a certain capacity to, uh, to have godliness, to be able to convene with God. But how do we invert that? We have to take the element of human nature and totally twist that around. It's, it's still the same paradigm, really. It's not rejecting it altogether. It's where we have to start from that foundation and work within the premise, but we just need to sort of invert it or pervert it in some way. So what we have to do is take the Christ to the fullest extent of human nature that leads towards divinity and say, no, we need to attain divinity by straying away from human nature. And it's not just a simple flip-flop. It's not A to B to A again. We can't go back to the, to worshiping Zeus and Baal and all the other fun characters. We have to we have to work within the, the framework of individualism. It's something we really liked, right? This Christian tradition, it eventually developed into these things like humanism, you know, uh, enlightenment thinking, liberalism, things like this. We really like that individual focus, so we're going to have to run with that. It does need to be something, um, you know, personal. But it's the opposite of what the person is, right? We have to start with the framework. We have to start with a Christ-like framework and twist that around. Martyrdom is still cool, but why is martyrdom cool? It's not because of resurrection, right? The the whole point with the the Christ thing is not that he was not that he was killed by the state, but that he was resurrected, right? Because his human nature aspired towards uh, divinity. But now we want people who, we like an unlikely hero. We like somebody who is not, uh, 
really fit for sacrifice, if you want to say. Um, you know, after Christ, of course, him being the, uh, you know, probably the biggest example of martyrdom in global history, but um, you know, there's a lot more going on supernaturally in that situation. But let's look at the the saints of, of the church, right? The um, the the subsequent Christians who, uh, you know, were sort of given to state execution of some kind or killed on account of their faith. And there's very much the idea of a purity test there, right? These people are so sinless, so good that, uh, you know, their, their bodies don't decay and this and that, uh, you know, they're, 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 the, the idea is that, you know, it's fucked up because we, we've killed the, the best among us. And that's the idea with saints and, and martyrs. But now we want martyrs to be unlikely. We say it's not about these people's actions. Um, it's about maybe some kind of potential, right? It's about a potential that has been deviated from. With the saints, a goal has been met, right? There's a point high above you in terms of your baseline humanity, and you have to aspire towards it. Um, with new martyrs, it's the same type of thing. There's still a point high above your baseline humanity, but you actually sink below it, right? You, you go into the negative, you go into sort of karmic debt with your life. And then that, the absolute value of your distance from your human baseline, that actually becomes noble in some way because we say, look how far it is in this direction. You know, if things were different, you know, Venice Andes vera, then maybe it would be up instead of down, but we're only looking at the absolute value. Jordan Neely was uh, killed, I guess we can say, in the subway in New York. He was strangled, or he was put in a chokehold by um, somebody who very unfortunately sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> big blonde guy, looks like, a, looks like a Chad meme incarnated, right? Uh, put this crazy homeless guy in a chokehold. And uh, let's let's read a gay fucking article. This gay article. Uh, I say this because it's written by Roxanne Gay. Uh, the article is titled "Making People Uncomfortable Can Now Get You Killed." It's a very bold uh, thing to call the article. Um, there's a lot in these words, and make sure you pay attention to this dumb cunt's words because there's a lot of very telling things in them later on. But Roxanne Gay, I've never heard of this person. It's a contributing opinion writer to the Times. Let's see what other articles she's written. Apparently she doesn't like Chris Rock. This article's titled, Chris Rock Looks Very Small Right Now. Don't talk to me about civility. On Tuesday morning, those children were alive. This article's called, It's Time to Rage. It's Time to Rage. And probably the best article she's written here, Jada Pinkett Smith shouldn't have to take a joke. Neither should you. Subtitled, A Defense of Thin Skin. So, um, yeah, let's see what this very unbiased uh, journalist uh, writes. Increasingly, it is not safe to be in public, to be human, to be fallible. 
I'm not quoting breathless journalism about rising crime or conservative talking points about America falling into ruin. The ruin I'm thinking of isn't in San Francisco or Chicago or at the southern border. The ruin is woven into the fabric of America. It's sleeping, it's seeping into all of us. All across the country, supposedly good, upstanding citizens are often fatally enforcing ever-changing, arbitrary, and personal norms for how we conduct ourselves. Hmm. I don't know that that's what people are doing. I don't know that upstanding citizens are enforcing uh, ever-changing and arbitrary. That feels a little redundant. And personal norm. I don't know. Uh, personal seems maybe a... a a step too far. I don't know. Let, let's see what her examples are. In Kansas City, Missouri, Ralph Yarl, a black, and she capitalizes the B on the word black like it's a fucking country of origin. 16-year-old rang the wrong doorbell. He was trying to pick up his younger brothers and was simply on the wrong street. Northeast 115th Street and so Northeast 115th Terrace. A harmless mistake. Andrew Lester, 84 and white. Curiously, she does not capitalize white. Now, why is that? I assume that, I don't know what they would say, just being honest, but I assume that if you ask them, they would say something to the effect of black is a cultural identity, perhaps having something to do with um, this large contingency of people being imported into the country from kind of dubious places of origin and uh, they sort of have reconstructed a new identity out of that, whereas white is just the visual, uh, just a visual description, right? Not a culture unto itself. And despite saying that, I think if she were to see an, an African person, I don't mean somebody in like a dashiki, just like a regular African guy in regular clothes, you know, standing in America with no signifiers that he's not born here she would call him black too so i so i don't really think that i mean you could say that there's a culture for black people sure obviously but i don't think you can i don't think there's any way to justify capitalizing one word and not the other if you're talking in terms of like a racial binary that just doesn't make any sense Re really what's going on in their heads is that the capital letter is good and the lowercase letter is bad um it's very childish thinking. Anyway, Andrew Lester, 84 and white, shot him twice and said, according to Ralph, don't come around here. Bleeding and injured, Ralph went to three different houses, according to a family member, before those good neighbors in a good middle-class neighborhood helped him. Um, yeah, that sucks for Ralph. Um, I don't really know what that has to do with the Jordan Neely thing. I mean, we're kind of in different situations here. You're talking about a kid that you know, rang the doorbell of some crazy old guy. Now, I, I, maybe it was an honest mistake, sure, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, didn't we all grow up watching fucking cartoons where, you know, there's like a, you, you throw a, a frisbee into the wrong yard and like everybody's scared of it? I don't know. I, I mean, not to justify what the old guy did, but I mean, it's just some crazy old guy. I mean, um, that sucks, but yeah, you, you sometimes you ring the wrong doorbell and it's not, not a sane person behind there. And, you know, even if it has something to do with the kid being black, I mean, the guy's 84, white guy, 84. I don't think he has a lot of black teenage friends. Like, 
I don't know, he probably thought the kid was there for the worst reasons, not necessarily, you know, the worst reasons by virtue of being black, but the worst reasons by virtue of, I don't know any black people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you don't, then uh, you, you could be a little, uh, a little wary when a totally unfamiliar person comes up. But anyway, she has more examples. So let's see whether or not these are a little closer to the, uh, to the Neely thing. In upstate New York, a 20-year-old woman, Kaylin Gillis. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. Wait a minute. In the last example, we got the race of Ralph Yarl. We got the race of Andrew Lester. Why aren't we getting the race of Kaylin Gillis? What's going on here? Did she suddenly forget to include races? I wonder why. I mean... I just happen to know that Kaylin Gillis is, is a white person. But it's weird that she wouldn't include that here. Anyway, Kaylin Gillis was looking for a friend's house in a rural area. The driver of the car she was in turned into a driveway, and the homeowner, Kevin Monahan, 65, is accused of firing twice at the car and killing Miss Gillis. Yeah, again, um, kind of a different situation from the Neely thing. I mean, you're talking about people coming into private areas where they don't belong and they're not recognized and you have uh who are probably like sort of paranoid hicks shooting at them that's a little different from what's going on here another example in illinois william martis was using a leaf blower in his yard a neighbor a tory lakey allegedly started an argument with mr martis and the police say killed him Again, she forgot to put the race here. I don't know why she keeps forgetting in everything other than that first example to put the race. Now, what she should have said is a you know a white person, William Martis. I, I don't know why she keeps forgetting to put the race when the victim is white. That's so silly. Next, two cheerleaders were shot in a Texas parking lot after one, Heather Roth. Again, she's forgetting to put the race. Somebody needs to remind her. White Heather Roth got into the wrong car. One of her teammates, Peyton Washington, was also shot. Now, Peyton, I'm not sure about. I did look at a picture of her, and she looks mixed, maybe, but also it. Sometimes white girls just do like soft black face with their makeup, so it's very hard to tell. Um, both girls survived with injuries. In Cleveland, Texas, a father asked his neighbor, Francisco Orapresa, to stop shooting his gun on his porch because his baby was trying to sleep. Mr. Orapresa walked over to the father's house and has been charged with killing five people, including an eight-year-old boy with an AR-15-style rifle. Two of the slain adults were found, covering children who survived. Again, she forgot to put the race of the victim. I thought this was very important to her. These were, this was a white family. The five people murdered were white people. Um, you could probably surmise what race uh, Francisco Orapresa was, um, but uh, he's not from mainland Spain, <laughs> if that tells you anything. At a Walgreens in Nashville, Materius Boyd suspected that Travancha Ferguson Interesting, she also doesn't put the race here. We know what the races of both of these people are, of Materius and Travancha, but she doesn't put them either. Interesting. Travancha Ferguson, who was seven months pregnant, was shoplifting. Well, the guy suspected that. 
And it's like, oh, yeah, well, why would you suspect this innocent pregnant woman to be shoplifting? Um, so if you Google the name Travancha Ferguson, I'll say that there's probably not another Travancha Ferguson, at least in Nashville, Tennessee. So one of the first results that comes up is uh, the CJIS data, her, her sort of her criminal history, right? Travancha Ferguson... Uh, Let's just read the charges. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, felony. All right. Vandalism, $2,500 or more, felony. Aggravated assault, felony. Uh, criminal trespassing, misdemeanor. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, felony. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, felony. Vandalism, 2500 or more, felony. And those range from 21st February at the most recent to 2017 April at the oldest. So a pretty good criminal history there. I don't know when exactly this uh, event happened. Maybe she's been clean for all of a year or something. But this is the sort of person. And um, look, I don't know if she was uh, shoplifting or not. I mean, you could probably guess in terms of probability, but... I don't know. I'm just saying it's not an unfair assumption uh, that Materius made. Anyway, he suspected her of shoplifting. Instead of calling the police, he followed Miss Ferguson and her friend into the parking lot. And after one of the women sprayed mace into his face, according to Mr. Boyd, began firing. Miss Ferguson was rushed to the hospital where she had an emergency C-section and her baby was born two months early. Would you have rather he called the police on this pregnant woman who was shoplifting, he probably attempted to resolve it civilly. He probably didn't want to fucking bring police into it. And again, Materius, you can guess what race he is. He maybe had <laughs> some sympathy for like anti-police stuff. Probably didn't want to bring the police on this poor pregnant woman. Tried to solve it civilly. And one of them pulled fucking mace on him. And yeah, what are you going to do? I don't know. Uh fucking sucks but um she continues and sometimes there is no gun on monday jordan neely a michael jackson impersonator that's what we're going to call him a michael jackson impersonator experiencing homelessness that's so that sucks they just killed an innocent guy who was uh doing his michael jackson impersonation on the subway at the time of death that's, that's what that sentence implies. Let's look at another article from the Times real quick, because I don't know who this guy is. So this article is titled, Who Was Jordan Neely? Mr. Neely was a dancer and artist known for his impersonation of Michael Jackson during his thriller stage. He would dress up as the musician and ride the trains, moonwalking in front of commuters. The subway was where he felt happy and free to perform as a dancer, his friend said. But it was also clear that he was struggling. A friend, Moses Harper, recalled seeing him in 2016 walking through subway cars with his head down. I don't know that that's the evidence we need that he was struggling. Like, it's very fucking disingenuous and shitty. He was struggling because a friend recalled him looking a little sad in 2016. They don't mention the 40 plus charges against them. They don't mention the, um, 
kidnapping a seven-year-old girl, uh, multiple accounts of assaulting old people in public. I, none of that shit. No, the reason he was struggling is because he looked sad one time. Mrs. Harper said she gave him her shirt and some food and told him where she lived, urging him to come find her when he was ready to get help. He said, I'm going to get it together, she said in an interview earlier this week, and that's the last time I saw him. Was that like right before he got killed or something? Really? How long ago was that? Was that the last time you saw him because you're just not involved in this person's life and he's off doing drugs in the street? Or was that, this was actually, this must have been the day he got killed, right? Because why else would you say it? Why else would you say it unless it was the day he got killed? Doesn't make any fucking sense to me. At a protest over Mr. Neely's killing on Thursday, demonstrators remembered seeing him perform. One man recalled being on a date once when his girlfriend stopped to watch Mr. Neely dance in the Union Square. I'm a New Yorker. I know him, said the man, Rashid Littlejohn. I gave him money. Good for you. You, you. you fed his drug habit. That's what you gave him money for. I hope you realize that. <laughs> you brought drugs for this fucking psychopath. John Rich, a subway performer, said he and Neely had danced together a few times. His glittery socks always matched his gloves, Mr. Rich said, grinning at the memory. He was serious about his outfit, serious about dancing. Now, you see, that's, that, that's the who he was section. They don't, they don't mention his criminal charges. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is all on paper shit. Okay, like, fuck, whatever, you know, people are charged differently because of racism, sure, whatever, I don't care. You don't have to look look at just the paper history if you don't want to. That's just a very, that's very telling of reality. Um, You could look at, you could talk about the memories people have of him being a fucking menace. Okay, I'm sure there's plenty of that. Those people are probably a little more shy to speak than the people who are willing to lie and falsify reality by cherry-picking little moments they found from the guy. But for fuck's sake, when you're reporting on it, though, you should have a little bit of integrity. You should know better. You should be able to represent reality. Anyway, Miss Gay continues. On Monday, Jordan Neely, a Michael Jackson impersonator experiencing homelessness, was yelling and, according to some subway riders, acting aggressively on an F train in New York. Quote, I don't have food, I don't have a drink, I'm fed up. Comma, Mr. Neely cried out. She ends that quote with a comma. And look, I'm not trying to be a grammar cunt, but I don't think he was saying it in that tone. I don't think he was saying, I don't have food, I don't have a drink, I'm fed up. I think he was shouting, yelling, exclamation point yelling, I don't have, you know, what, I'm not going to fucking yell, but you get the idea, right? He's, he's yelling this shit. He's not, he's not telling people he doesn't have food. He's not, he's not wallowing, I don't think. He's not, like, calmly, you know, sort of complaining about his lot in life. I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he was shouting, yelling in people's fucking faces, being a menace. Another quote, I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. I'm ready to die. Again, a couple of periods in those sentences. <laughs> not not to be a, a, a grammar cunt or anything, uh, but, but we really could use an exclamation point. We could really use something that signifies the tone he was saying. it. Because when you read that, somebody goes, I'm ready to die. And then somebody kills them. It's like, 
you know it's it's like it's like some kind of weird anime shit but no he was yelling he was uh freaking out and he was restrained but whatever was he making people uncomfortable i'm sure he was but his words were the words of a man in pain he did not physically harm anyone and the consequence for causing discomfort isn't death unless of course it is a former marine held mr neely in chokehold for several minutes killing the man news reports keep saying mr neely died which is a passive thing we die of old age we die in a car accident we die from disease when someone holds us in a chokehold for several minutes something far worse has occurred a man actively brought about mr neely's death no one appears to have intervened during those minutes to help mr neely though two men act apparently tried to help the former marine did anyone ask the former Marine to release Mr. Neely from his chokehold? Uh, yeah, one person did. We have video of it, actually. Um, and yeah, I don't think many people were trying to help Mr. Neely because he was just, like, freaking the fuck out. <laughs> he was uh, clearly on drugs or something, yelling, shouting. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the people in that car were on uh, the side of the marine and the other guys who were restraining mr neely uh so yeah like what the fuck are you getting at the people in that subway car prioritized their own discomfort and anxiety over mr neely's distress all of the people in that subway car on monday will have to live with their apparent inaction and indifference now that it's too late there are haunting heartbreaking images of mr neely helpless and pinned still being choked how does something like this happen how does senseless, unavoidable violence happen? Truly, how? We all need to ask ourselves that question until we come up with an acceptable answer. I think there is a very clear-cut answer to how this violence happened. I don't think it's sensible, or excuse me, I don't think it's senseless. I don't, I don't, I, I you know, it is avoidable, but it's avoidable on behalf of of Mr. Neely, as you say. Like he didn't have to out in the fucking subway. You know what I mean? He. he <laughs> if, if you fucking yell and freak out I don't know here's the thing I would love I don't know how these subways work I would have to assume there's a camera right I would hope so anyway but if there's a camera they should release camera footage I know we have cell phone footage like a video um, but it would be really great if there was security cam footage um, and you could see exactly what led to this situation because uh, in the meantime I, I just think we don't know you know, I think you're going to have people on one side who are maybe over-villainizing, who are saying that uh, the guy was more violent than what he was. People on the other side are going to say that he was a saint and he was just doing his little dance. And that one's obviously not true. But I don't know what is the extent of the guy's violence. I know the chokehold was for a very long time. Uh, longer than it needed to be, probably. But we don't know what the fucking guy was doing before that. In the immediate aftermath, the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams. It's weird to me that she used the definite article there. Usually, I think in reporting, you don't need to write the New York City. You just write, you know, in the immediate aftermath. You could even just write mayor. I mean, you're writing in the New York Times. Who, 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 <laughs> what other fucking mayor are you referring to? Just say Mayor Eric Adams. Anyway, couldn't set politics aside and acknowledge how horrific Mr. Neely's death was. Mr. Adams said, any loss of life is, life is tragic, 
there's a lot we don't know about what happened here. His was a bland and impotent statement, even though the sequence of events seems pretty clear and was corroborated by video, photography, and a witness. I don't think it's a bland and impotent statement. I think it's an accurate one. Yes, any loss of life is tragic. But we don't fucking know what happened here because there's not enough evidence. Um, we know that the guy was freaking out, being a fucking menace to people. And if that's the only evidence we're willing to look at, then, <laughs> then, then the fucking Marine guy wasn't doing anything wrong. Uh, he put down a fucking nuisance. Who cares? And while any loss of life is in fact tragic, the specific loss, the death of Jordan Neely, was barely addressed. Mr. Adams didn't bother to say Mr. Neely's name and went on to equivocate about his administration's investments in mental health, a strange claim to make while allowing first responders in New York City to involuntarily commit people experiencing mental health crises. Um, yeah, fuck this lady. Like, this lady's such a dishonest cunt, the person writing this. Didn't say his name. Like, what kind of satanic shit? You need him to speak the sigil of this guy? Fuck off. Like, I'm sure he doesn't say the names of many people who die every day in your shithole city. Okay? People die all the fucking time. Not everybody gets an obituary from the mayor. Fuck you. Especially a fucking, like... Especially a sick homeless person who's been terrorizing people. That's who you really want eulogized? There's a thousand fucking good people that die. And you're this this is your guy. Really? Like this is this is your fucking champion. This is who you want. All of these innocent people who lost their lives were in the wrong place at the wrong time. In most cases, armed assailants deputize themselves to stand their ground or enforce justice for a petty crime. Some claimed self-defense, said they were afraid, though some of their victims were unarmed women and children. We have to ask the uncomfortable questions. Why are men so afraid? Why are they so fragile that they shoot or harm first and ask questions later? Why do they believe death or injury is an appropriate response to human fallibility? Public life shared with terrified and or entitled and or angry and or disaffected men is untenable. Uh, here's, here's a question for you. Why do women get raped? <laughs> I, I mean, just to be perfectly honest with you, uh, if you're willing to let people trespass on you, you're going to get fucking stepped on. That's not to justify anything that any of these examples takes. I don't know these cases particularly well. But that's the attitude that says, you're not going to fuck with me. And uh, if you think things like, uh, I don't know, rape and robbery and assault, if you think these things are bad, then the remedy to them is this kind of instant response, is responding to whatever kind of uh, trespasses, you know, whether they be somebody in your home you don't know whether that's you know whatever it is again i don't know these cases super well but no there, there's a good reason these people have responded this way uh, we are at something of an impasse the list of things that we that can get you killed we are at something of an impasse. The list of things that can get you killed in public is expanding every single day. 
whether it's mass shootings or police brutality or random acts of violence. It only takes running into one scared man to have the worst and likely last day of your life. We can't even agree on right and wrong anymore. Instead of addressing actual problems like homelessness and displacement, lack of physical and mental health care, food scarcity, poverty, lax gun laws, and more, we bury our heads in the sand. Only when this unchecked violence comes to our doorstep do we maybe care enough to try to affect change. What change do you want to affect? I like, well, what do you just want to ban guns? You want to ban white people? Like, what's your fucking problem? <clears throat> the way she writes this is so shitty, so cunty. The list of things that can get you killed in public is expanding every single day. Again, most of the examples you gave were in private. You got into somebody's car, you tried to get into somebody's house, things like this. This is the public example. And the thing that got him killed in public was being a fucking menace, dude, was freaking out, yelling at you. You don't do that. You know, whether or not you want to justify the guy in killing him. You don't do that in public. His decision was his own. And if, oh, he's homeless, everything is public to him. Well, sure, you don't get in a closed area, a subway car, and then start freaking out. Start yelling and terrorizing people when they can't get away from you. Like, fuck off. There is no patience for simple mistakes or room for addressing how bigotry colors even the most innocuous interactions. Simple mistakes. You can go uh, do a bunch of meth, freak out in a subway car, and that's just a mistake. That's a goof. There is no regard for due process. Oh, really? Says the person convicting this fucking... If putting all this, uh, putting all this stank on this marine guy before you know everything, and, and this fucking person claims there's no regard for due process. Yeah, it seems to be. People who deem themselves judge, jury, and executioner walk among us. They are you. You want to do that? You see a white person involved in any kind of thing like this? You are judge, jury, and executioner. You wish you were anyway. And we have no real way of knowing when they will turn on us. I will be thinking about Jordan Neely in particular for a long time. I will be thinking about who gets to stand his ground, who doesn't, and how, all too often, it's the people in the latter group who are buried beneath that ground by those who refuse to cede dominion over it. You want people to cede dominion over their ground? Like that's your fucking defense for this? That you should just cower down? What the fuck? Look, look, I'm not trying to be like a, one of these don't tread on me assholes or something like like I'm not you know but 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 fuck what do you want people to do if they're like uh, addressed with violence just roll over and show their belly fuck you every single day there are news stories that are individually devastating and collectively an unequivocal condemnation of what we are becoming a people without empathy without any respect for the sanctity of life unless it's our own Sure. Yeah. What about, what about everyone's life in the subway? What about everyone else's life other than the guy who was just freaking out? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure his life was is very fucking meaningful. Uh, his Michael Jackson career seems to have been over for a little bit. <laughs> I don't think he was enriching people's lives. I think he was on a self-destructive path, probably high as shit, freaking out, <sighs> telling people he was ready to die. And guess what? 
They fucking answered his prayers. What are you so mad about? I reckon you support abortion. Like, what do you care about the sanctity of life? I reckon you support, uh, what is it? Assisted suicide. You can consider this assisted suicide. You're homeless. You're high. You're yelling at people that you want to die. And somebody kills you. What is that other than, like, assisted suicide? Let's, let's be fucking honest. It's easy to say on social media, I would have done something to help Mr. Neely. It's easy to imagine we would have called for help, offered him some food or money, extended him the grace and empathy we all deserve. He deserved no grace nor empathy. Um, the people who held him down were, were being that guy. <clears throat> they were being the person that, you know, that stands up and does an uncomfortable thing like that. The uncomfortable thing was not, uh, was not, not not giving him shit so that he could continue, so could he have more energy to freak out, okay, and to fuck with people. Uh, the, the good thing that those people did was held him down so he wouldn't hurt anybody, wouldn't hurt himself, whatever else. You know, sucks that he died, but I mean, what, what would you do in that situation? Nothing. You would just sit there and, and let some guy freak out, let somebody else get assaulted, whatever. It's so very easy to think we are good, empathetic people. But time and time again, people like us, who think so highly of themselves, have the opportunity to stand up and do the right thing, and they don't. What on earth makes us think that, when the time comes, we will be any different? Uh, you wouldn't be any different, because you're like sitting here thinking about that. You're thinking that you're a good, empathetic person. Uh, I, I think people who are genuinely pretty good and empathetic benevolent don't sit around all day thinking about that the problem is that you you like the the the, the after effect of of doing something good you like the the feeling that you get when something good has been done and that's why you're so defending it because you're saying if it were me i would have actually gotten him mental health help and i would have actually fed him and i would have actually given him money and i wouldn't have choked him i'm not neely's biographer but i would have to imagine that people have helped him like, I, <laughs> I'm sure he's gotten his fair share of help from people. I don't think he wants it, though. I don't think... I think, I think he has more fun uh, yelling in the subway, doing drugs, and dancing around. Um, it's so funny uh, to see people's reaction to this. And you can just see the sort of ancestral reality of... Uh, of mothers who are beaten by their mates, right? You can see how this maternal survivalism manifests in the human psyche. In their ancestry, they have a lot of uh, abuse. They have a lot of mothers cowering down while the father is uh, hitting them or the kids. I think that manifests in their response to things like this. Uh, they're so passive and they get off on the idea of uh, their own saintliness they want to be martyred so they're willing to do whatever blind dumb bullshit like this they're willing to ignore the obvious and they're willing to make a saint out of um, just the most disgusting scumbag people shouldn't the state take a blame for this i mean honestly I, how can any kind of uh any kind of lawyer or police officer look at Neely's 
40 plus charges, many of them being violent, and not feel some great shame on account of the state, on account of the justice system, for not putting this guy, for not taking him off the street earlier. Uh, again, whether or not you want to say that the Marine guy is justified in, you know, doing the long chokehold on him, the, the, that he's not the root of the problem. This guy's a fucking problem. This guy's a problem in his own right. And I think the state grossly mishandled things by just by his very being on the street. I mean, we're talking about 42 arrests between 2013 and 2021. Uh, many of them violent for assault-related charges. Um, and a lot of them were smaller stuff, transit fraud, criminal trespass, which, sure, definitely not offenses a person should be killed over but at the very least uh these do speak to a history of not being where he's supposed to be on this train i mean the the defense you could mount for this guy is so fucking watery even at the time he died right there was this warrant out for his arrest an assault from 2021 i mean the guy the marine did a fucking he did a favor to society okay to this the city of new york whatever this is a quote in Newsweek from a Sarah Newman who runs some kind of, I guess, homeless charity organization. She's, she's talking about it, and she says that Neely's death underscores a truth that folks who have lived on the streets know especially well. People experiencing homelessness or mental illness are at far higher risk of being harmed than of harming others. This killing is a horrifying reminder of how people's perception of safety Feeling uncomfortable or unsettled by another person's behavior is used to justify very real harm. That's very funny that he's at a higher risk of being harmed than doing harm. Again, all you have to do is look at his criminal record. He's clearly done harm. A lot. And now he's been harmed one time. I think the number 42 is greater than the number one. Just fucking retarded to defend this person. And look, homelessness is a problem. Uh, it's a problem that should be worked on, but this kind of shit is a distraction. I hope you realize the kind of people who are freaking out about this, they're not going to do anything to help the homelessness issue. They just want to, well, I don't know if they, I should say they want to, but they're doing this thing. They are conveniently doing the work of people who, who don't want to work on homelessness. We don't want to put dollars into that because there's not a return on that investment on helping homeless people. So we're going to let you argue about race and shit like that. And just ignore it. Now, I don't even think his issues necessarily related to homelessness, honestly. I mean, there's, you're always going to have fucking psycho people who want to live on the fringes of society, who want to harass others. That definitely correlates with homelessness, sure. But we should work on homelessness. But the idea that this is like a wake-up call or something is, is just retarded. I mean, people like this are going to be like this, even in the best of situations. I don't know if he's one of those or not. To be clear, he could maybe, uh, you know, if he had a better lot in life, he'd be totally chill. Um, but no, he, he needs needed to be put away at the very least, right? Even if we couldn't give him everything. He needed to be uh, in a place where he couldn't terrorize and antagonize others. But homelessness is a real issue, and they are at risk. Uh, we can look at a similar case where a homeless person was killed. This one didn't get as much coverage for some reason, but the person killed was named David Saldano, and the killer was a Deshaun Thomas. Uh, 
And I don't know why this this story didn't get as much coverage, why Deshaun wasn't villainized as much. And this one went a little differently. Remember with Neely, he was freaking people out. He was yelling in a closed, confined space. Apparently, Saldano was um, not doing anything. Deshaun assaulted him at a gas station. And Saldano ran away from him. Eventually, Deshaun caught up and shot him in the back of the head, you know, execution style. Uh, The black man, Deshaun Thomas, shot execution style a homeless white David Saldano. Have you heard of this one? Maybe you have. I don't know. But there certainly weren't protests over it. And I'm, people are, I'm sure people are quick to say, well, there weren't protests over it because Deshaun was quickly charged and found with murder. And he was charged, sure, he shot a man in the back of the head in the middle of the street, execution style, like unprovoked. Of course he was charged. He wasn't actually found guilty of murder, though. Not yet, anyway. I mean, to be fair, this was February 27th. It's now May 6th. Uh, recently, four days ago, he pled not guilty. Uh, seems like a pretty fucking open and shut case to me, but they've scheduled a uh, confined docket hearing for June 9th. Uh, now, in all likelihood, this man will be found guilty, but the fact that he wasn't immediately is retarded. I, I mean, there's video evidence of him shooting a man in the back of the head. Not restraining a psychotic homeless person. Okay, not trying to keep somebody from harming others, from freaking out. No, shooting somebody in the back of the head. Where's the riots over that? Shouldn't it be a, he have been found guilty immediately like all these people want? Uh, whatever the fucking Marine guy's name was to be. Speaking of Marines, there's we have another person who is an ex-Marine. A Zion Teasley. Guess what Zion Teasley? Guess what he looks like? He killed a woman named Lauren Heika. He stabbed her 15 times while she was hiking. Yeah, again, another ex-Marine, Zion Teasley. Now, let me say, when I say ex-Marine, I don't mean he retired from... I, I would assume he got, I don't know, kicked out or something. In any case, he's also a recently released felon. He actually met with his uh, parole officer shortly before stabbing Lauren Heika 15 times. Once again, he just somehow slipped the very firm grasp of the justice system. But no, the problem is is mass incarceration. The problem is, you know, all these these charges that we're throwing in black people. That's the problem. Not the not the fact that they can that they're set free. But yeah, no, I don't know. I guess I, I don't. I, and look, I, this isn't whataboutism. Okay, don't don't throw that shit at me. The reason I bring up these two cases is because it's very neat, right? When you have the other side, right? You know, obviously, if you want like a fucking melting pot, if you want diversity. There's going to be interracial crime because there's crime. And if you want diversity, there will be interracial crime. And we, we focus so much on the white on black shit, right? When we don't look at the other half though, but let's look at it and it's different. Look, look at what it is. When, when the white person kills the black person, um, it's trying to fucking tame a rabid animal in a subway freaking out yelling at people remember the people holding him down there was a black guy holding him down too it wasn't like this was like some act of fucking white colonialism or something and then when black people kill white people you've got the zion teasley killing lauren heika stabbing her 15 times 
He's already a felon. He probably should have been behind bars. Killed a woman. Also, uh, Jordan Neely, the Michael Jackson impersonator, the subway artist, right? The musician, the dancer. Who is Lauren Heike? I don't know. I have no fucking idea. I read an article that said she was a hiker. I thought it was kind of funny because hiker, hiker. But um, beyond that, I don't know. It didn't talk about her passion. It said she was a hiker because she was hiking. It didn't say she had a passion for hiking. She loved the outdoors. She loved being outside before her life was cut short by Zion Teasley, an oppressive ex-Marine violent. No, I didn't say any of that shit for her. Of course not. What about David Saldana? He was just another, another bum, right? He was just a homeless guy. He, he wasn't any, he didn't have any aspirations like Jordan Neely. Jordan Neely was a noble savage, right? A, a homeless person with all these artistic aspirations, trying to make it in the big city. Now, David Saldano doesn't matter. Some white hobo from Missouri shot in the back of the head by Deshaun. I don't know what his aspirations were. Hmm. Another act of, uh, public transportation violence. This was a few years ago, actually, but it is relevant. About four years ago, we have uh, Marquavius Devante Ware. And I'll let you picture what Marquavius Devante Ware looks like. Um, <laughs> he assaulted, he and a friend, by the way, this was a two-on-one beating, assaulted a man on the train. This was two days after Christmas. The man's with his family. Marquavius and his friend uh, assaulted this dad. Broke his jaw, I think it said. Now, four years later, Marquavius Devante is, uh, looks like he might face some consequences. I don't think he did for that. He has actually a, a very interesting arrest record, you know, criminal history if you want to look it up. But um, didn't seem to have gotten in too much hot water for that one. Recently, though, he has killed his own four-year-old son. Uh, yeah. Now, don't you think this person should have already been facing something? Don't you think he should have already learned his lesson from the judicial system? But no, we let him go. And again, another act of subway, harmless subway violence. Just killed a four-year-old. His, his own kid, sure, but uh, still infanticide. We never think about, like, the scumfuck people. Whenever think about, it's always some potential that's been snuffed out. That's the idea. You know, that, that, that bullshit thing where when you kill somebody, you don't just kill them. You kill everything they could have become or whatever. Maybe that's a good thing sometimes. Maybe some people are just have very shitty futures ahead of them, full of uh, pain and hate, harm. We never think about what's been cut off and flush down when people like that get executed. What if Marquavius Devante had a, what if somebody had stood up against him in the subway? I don't know. Maybe his four-year-old son wouldn't be dead. Also, it was four years ago. So I guess it's kind of hard to know. Maybe the kid wouldn't have been born either. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, the kid was born to die, unfortunately, by being born to that father. Yeah. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, now, again, it's not lost on me that homelessness is an issue. Um, and I think it should be uh, should be worked towards. Is it going to be? Of course not. And it doesn't matter how many people protest. 
the killing of Jordan Neely. It's uh, it's that's they're not going to do anything for homelessness. They should. That would be sick, but they're not going to. Um, they shouldn't do it in his name either. I mean, do not equate people struggling with violent psychopaths, drug addicts, and harassing people. Yeah, don't don't equate homelessness with that. Okay, and most people, most homeless people are probably fucking fine. Like they're they're not super harmful. Sometimes they are though. Um, and of course, I have to say that to be a sympathetic person, and it's that same uh, desire towards being sympathetic and empathetic and good natured and forgiving and Christ-like that emboldens uh, that emboldens other people to to want to fully uh, sanctify Neely, right? They want to say, oh no, he's just, it's like, like I, I get it, okay? You're a good person. You see the good in people. And that's a good thing. And yeah, of course, you shouldn't just demonize all homeless people. But that's not what's going on here. Nobody was doing that in the first place. Like, I don't care if the guy that choked him out had a t-shirt on and said, I hate homeless people. This was not a matter of villainizing or demonizing the homeless. This was one person who was way out the way out of line. It was somewhere he shouldn't have been yelling, assaulting, well, maybe not assaulting, I don't know, who knows, harassing people, whatever. I'd love to see the footage. Damn, I really would. I hope there was a camera on there. Uh, if so, they really ought to release um, the footage. I'd just like to see what's going on because you know, to some extent, we're all talking out of our ass here. We don't know how the guy was acting prior to this. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't trust um, some of the people. I wouldn't, well, that's to say, I wouldn't trust uh, some of the witnesses, right? They might say, you know, he wasn't doing anything wrong. I don't know. I feel like they might just be trying to be understanding. They might just trying to be empathetic. They're, you know, they feel like, oh, this is just part of living in New York. You know, you get yelled at. And sure, whatever. If somebody's yelling at the other end of the fucking car or something, you know, not antagonizing anybody. Sure, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, these are the same people who think that there's such a thing as linguistic violence. That your words are... Um, weapons and um while i disagree with that to some extent um the interesting blind spot they have is that they don't see yelling and shit like that as violence to me yelling it's about as much as is is hitting someone almost i'm not saying it's it's a matter of the words you use or insulting or, or using slurs or whatever but like yelling at somebody something you can't type or write right like it's not i'm not sending you a letter that assaults you in the same way that yelling at you does when i'm yelling at you i'm using the force of my voice i'm trying to fuck with your mental state you know what i mean like like honestly if somebody were to to punch me i don't think i would react as strongly as if somebody yelled at me being yelled at it, it fucks with you so I, I very much think that yelling is a form of violence or some kind of assault. You know, maybe not assault. Maybe that's a bad word for it. Um, but then again, they the fucking article referred to um, 
God, I forget the guy's name at this point, but Marine Dew, they referred to him as an assailant. Uh, so, so whatever, I guess that word just means fucking whatever nowadays. But yeah, it's weird to me that people don't consider um, yelling at someone you know, up in their face and shit. To me, that's violent. That, that, that means you fucking get whatever's coming to you, I think, at that point, honestly. It's about, about the same as slugging someone. But yeah, very interesting times we live in. Where, uh, I mean, everything is fucking reported on. There's just, there's no dearth of, of information of any kind. But, um, we pick the ones that are the shiniest and we use those. Oh, as, uh, things to philosophize on. And, um, as little hot irons to poke prod towards whatever kind of policy or social change we want to affect. It's pretty disgusting, honestly. Um, pretty disgusting. My name is King Joshua. I'm Peyton Soho. I'm connected to this. Jordan Neely looked like me. He was black. He was an artist. He danced. And he told you he was hungry. He told you he was thirsty. He told you he was ready to die. And you killed him. Thank you, comrade.